How's it going, Raleigh? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jake. Anyone else joining us? I think it might just be you and me tonight. I, I don't think uh, – I tried to uh, recruit some help, but uh, All right. they didn't seem too interested. So uh, what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, so I guess um, let's just start – we'll just go division by division and um, and just kind of go through uh, – you've looked at the over-under totals, right? Or have you? They're pretty much cloudy, like on paper, but I'm just going off my gut feelings. Okay, yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. I, I, you know, if you don't have it as you know in depth as I, I have um, I, I basically have because I did a um, you know, because I have to you know do this uh, you know, sponsor read here. Um, you go to uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, come on. Okay, if you go to and, and and I know it's not NBA related, but if you go to jacobnbablog.wordpress.com, you can find um, my personal blog, and I've, there's a lot of great posts on there. If, if um, one thing we got recently, we got a uh, you know a lot of people are predicting the Lakers and the Nets to go win the NBA title next year, and I tell you in a couple of posts on there why that is not going to happen. And I've also got, related to this, predictions for how the NFL season is going to play. I broke it down record um, for each team. And um, I, I, I even went through to make sure that, like, it, it wasn't inflated, right? It, it, it canceled out the 500. So I actually had to knock off 16 wins um, after I did it because I had too many wins. So um, I went through all of that. But, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I did. Uh, so... Let's start with kind of a nondescript team, um, and we'll kind of ease into some of the bigger debates here. I know we're going to have a few. Uh, let's start with the New York Jets. Um, their over-under is six. Uh, Raleigh, over or under six wins for the New York Jets? Uh, I'm saying, so I don't see how they get to six, even with the 17-game schedule, because you have to go – you have to think the Patriots are going to be way better. Well, I'm not going to say way better. I think – are we doing the AFC East? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah we're, I was going to say – because this is just – and we can do whatever order, but this is just in the order of, of what I have on here. I have AFC East, then AFC North, then AFC South, and then finishing with the West. Has three – a potential – I think they have two potential wildcard teams like they're on the bubble. And then the Bills, obviously. So I don't see how in what world the Jets get to six wins when half, like, six of their games are already against top opponents. Yeah, um, so I mean. I'm going to say under on that. I'm going to say they're, they're probably like four or five wins. Oh, so so you're higher on them than, than I am. Um, <laughs> I, I am under as well, so we're in agreement on the first team here. And, yeah, it's just a lot of what you said is exactly right, Raleigh. Like, um. I think this is like I know you have given, and I think some of it is fair, some of it is unfair. When the, when the Patriots had their two decade run, you were like, "Oh, the AFC East always sucks," and you know some years that was true, and some years that wasn't true. I mean, there there were a fair share of teams in there. The the Jets in particular had a couple of really competitive teams in there, so it's somewhat fair, but also not 
really. I mean, were they the AFC North? No. But were they the worst division in football all the time? No. So I think the AFC East this year is the best, is the most competitive division top to bottom in the AFC. Um, Agree with that. Because so you're going to say North, but we're going to, and that's going to be one of the things right. we disagree Well, with. you know, honestly, honestly, I think it's between the North and the West. Um, if the West can stay healthy, they have four solid teams, top to bottom. There's not one team. Well, we're getting we're getting sidetracked, but um, yeah, the AFC East. So I guess we should go by order too. Um, I think the Bills win. I think they're the class of the division now. Um, I think it's going to be Bills, Patriots, and this is the order: Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, and Jets. I'm, We're not in as much disagreement as I thought. Okay. Hey, well, you know why? Because I don't trust Tua. And the reason why I don't trust Tua, because I'm a big fan of the roster for the Dolphins, except for quarterback. Well, we'll reason- get to the Dolphins in a second. Okay. But the, Tua, Tua is, I, I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks because they get to throw to, out, like, to a, um, all pro wide receivers and stuff like that. And I just don't. I just don't think Tua has the frame of a quarterback. I think he's going to be very injury prone in his career. Yeah, I mean that's that's all fair. Um, so just just real quick for me as far as the Jets, I actually and this is like really hating. Um, I have the Jets pegged to be two and fifteen. I, I think they're t- going to be tied for the second worst record in football. Um, I just I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. Um, I think he's really raw coming from BYU, and I think it's going to be a really big adjustment if he even makes it at all. And the fact that he got drafted by the Jets means there's a chance he's not going to make it at all. Um, I do like, because uh, I don't want to be all, all negative, I do like that they, I think they've made a big better effort here to surround him with pl- players to help him on the offensive side of the ball than they did with Sam Darnold. And they, I think, appropriately assess that, you know what, we're going to let our defense lag and not be that good right now because we want to make sure that we can get everything set on offense. We can fix the defense later. I do like that strategy. However, I just, I still think that there's enough holes on the offense that Zach Wilson's going to have a really rocky rookie season. And I look at their defense. Can you name one starting cornerback or one cornerback on the roster at all in the New York Jets? No, it's because they're all terrible. They, they don't have a starting caliber corner on the roster and corner, at least to me is the second most important position in football. So like it's, it's, you know, they've got a couple of good players here and there on their defense, but I think their defense is going to be one of the worst in football, even with Robert Sala coaching it. Um, agree with so you I, on, uh, on Wilson though. I, I don't like, so here's the thing. Small school quarterbacks can succeed. We saw Wentz do that for MVP, even though he sucks now. Um, like, it, it can happen. I mean, look at uh, Josh Allen, too. He went to Wyoming. I mean, that's a small school. Like, BYU is at least Division One, Um, But it, it's like it's like a – it's almost – it's not – to me, BYU is not that much greater than North State. Um, it's not. So, I mean, like, to me, it's not. Like, it's not technically a Division One school, but, like, it, it's kind of, like, in the middle. Like, you're, they're not playing good opponents. And the one good team they played – was Coastal Carolina they lost, and Coastal Carolina isn't even a, a big powerhouse. So, no. I, I'm kind of with you with Zach Wilson. I honestly think 
and you know how much I wanted to get Sam Darnold in a trade. Um, yeah. I honestly think they downgraded in quarterback. Like, he might have the upside to be better than Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold, I think this year will, will, will prove that the only reason why he stunk in New York was because of that franchise. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to you know we'll we'll have some. I, I'm I'm in agreement with the large point. We'll have some more talk on on Carolina's prospects and in our NFC pod when we do that later this week or next week or whatever. Um, I agree with you on Zach Wilson. I think I think the Jets made a big mistake because they could have gotten a haul from someone like they, the Carolina probably would have sent them like three first round picks to trade up from eight to two. So like I think I, if I were them knowing how much their roster needs help. I definitely would have done that over what they did and just gotten the draft picks and just really try to build up a team around Sam Darnold. But yeah, I mean, so, so given like, obviously, and this is another podcast we were talking about doing like, but, but just to say here, like there's five first round quarterbacks. I think the one that's most likely to bust is Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah, probably. It, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll wait on on my takes on the backs just in case we do a, a podcast. Um, I'm just talking about the, that whole draft class, though. Just on a tangent, I mean, the first two rounds are chock full of potential starters, and that, that's just ridiculous. But like Kellen Mond, also don't forget about him. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's uh. Yeah, I agree with. I think we're on agreement with the Jets. I, I'm going to move to the Dolphins. I'm going to go reverse order. Um, yeah, no. So right. I, I have the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins next too. So yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's do the Dolphins. So their over under is uh, their over under is nine and a half, and um, I'm going to have them under. I don't have them like way under. I, I have the Dolphins pegged at nine and eight. Um, I think they. I think that misses the playoffs though. Um, I think it's just like when you see teams that are bad and then kind of surprise and have a good season. A lot of the times the next season, they take a half step back. So there's that trend. There's the fact that, and, and we'll get to, to the next team, but I think there's two better teams in the division than them. That puts a cap on how, how good of a record they're going to be. Even though the AFC East has an easy schedule this year, we have the NFC South um, and which I don't think is hard besides Tampa and we have the AFC South, which I don't think is very hard. So that, that I think will allow for three winning teams in the division, but like I, I share your concerns about Tua. I am not sold on him at all. I am concerned about their coaching staff. I think there's a lot of like potential for some dysfunction there. Like I, I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, like talk about the way he, or, or in an article or like earlier this week, talk about like how his benching was handled and it just didn't sound like it was handled very well. And um, then you have, a, you know, them bring in a veteran like Kyle Van Noy last off season, they cut him. It just seems like there's a lot of turnover there. And I don't know if they're really moving. They were moving in a positive direction last year, but I can't say that necessarily now. The one thing is, even though I think they didn't do I think they mishandled the draft too. Everybody seems to love Miami's draft. I really don't. I, if I were them, I would have stuck at, I would have done the trade the Eagles did to go from 12 to 10 to get 
Devontae Smith instead of the trade to go from 12 to 6 and give up a future first-round pick. I, I would have preferred the value for Devontae Smith there over Jalen Waddle. Regardless, Waddle will help their offense. I do think they added some pieces to try to help Tua. I just don't think they did enough. And I, I think they're, they'll get worse this season. Not a lot worse, but they'll, they'll get worse and, and they'll finish out of the playoffs again. I honestly, that that's exactly, I was going to say nine and eight. I, I think, so I think the Dolphins are about the same as like six other teams in the AFC or five or six other teams in the AFC where their ceiling, I think is 10 and seven. Their floor, I think is seven, uh, seven and 10. So like, yeah, I think, I think Miami's like, like, I'll just say I have Miami out of the playoffs, but it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, and I'm not. I'm not going to say which team because I must play later. But my my seven seed in the AFC has a ten and seven record. So like they're a game behind that. It wouldn't shock me if Miami ended up with a seven seed. Since there's, I don't think this. I think the seven seed's a nine and eighteen. I just don't think Dolphins are going to be. There's going to be tiebreakers involved out the out the butt. Um, I just my whole thing is, like you said, I don't trust Tua. They got Waddle because of that Alabama connection. But they could have done. They could have still gotten that with Smith too. Um, I actually, I mean, I think Smith's going to be very injury prone in the NFL. He's very skinny, so I kind of get it. But I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't have traded up twelve to six just for him, just for Waddle. Um, in, in my mind, what made the Dolphins, I think, good last year was Fitzpatrick was on that team, and when Tua struggled, they could just switch in. Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick would throw like two TDs or something like that. So in my mind, I understand I'm not a proponent of if a rookie has a bad season on his first year to like give up on him. I just think he's going to have a lot. He's not as good as everyone thought he was. I think he has a lot of development to to go maybe by year three or year four, there'll be like a, a solid playoff team, like a perennial playoff team, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, so I think nine and eight is probably a good, um, a good bet. So an under on nine and five, I mean, nine, 9.5, I think is good. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, you know, again, this is, this is one of those, that there's some of these that at least for me are like no brainers. And then there's ones that are like, oh, I got to go one direction to the other, but it wouldn't shock me if it went. And, and I, there's even some that are exactly on a number and that are pushes because I actually predicted that. So I, I'll have to decide how to handle it. I think, like I said, I think there's like five or six teams that could legitimately try to get a, a six or seven seed in the AFC. I think that there's like five or six teams that are legitimate contenders that if everything went right, they could be a, a wild card team. So like that, that I don't really like, I think the AFC, this is the deepest the AFC has been in years. Besides, it like, it's, it's very, like, yeah, obviously. But in terms of, like, playoff contenders, this is a very deep conference this year. Yeah. I do want to push back a little bit on what you said just about Alabama quarterbacks in general. Um, because while I, I agree on Tua, I do think there's something to be said for – I understand they have really good receivers to throw to. But I do think there's something to be said for, like, if they put the ball in the right spot where the receiver can get it and the fact that they're going against good competition and the fact that they're getting good coaching and stuff like that. I mean, Joe Burrow had, like, what, Justin Jefferson and uh, Jamar Chase to throw to, right? And, like, so is Joe Burrow going to be a bust just because he had two, like, elite receivers to throw to in college? I'm not 
short. So, well, um, so my, my, my critique with Alabama for sure, because it's, it's with Joe Burrow, LSU is always like an okay, a solid like program. But when you're an, an Alabama quarterback, you have the best offensive linemen, the best receivers, the best recruiting class with you. It's almost like a knock, like Ohio State and Alabama, and I'm an Ohio State fan. We never have good pro quarterbacks. Hopefully, Justin Fields is the exception. And just like Alabama fans, hope Mac Jones is as well. But the reason being is because I think it's a combination of one. Um, there's they, they have the best players in college football already on their teams. And two, they run like spread off. It's like Alabama is more pro style. But they they still have the greatest running backs and everything like that. So like Ohio State and Alabama never really put out good quarterbacks because of that. They always put like they're always like backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I mean that's it, it. Yeah, I think there's been a shift though with their program. Like I remember when they were spitting out like Craig McElroy and AJ McCarron players like that and like they were obviously backup types but I think over the years they've become more of a pass happy offense and they do have like more more quarterback like Jalen Hurts is another one I, I I do like we'll get to this in the NFC part but I don't think the Eagles are going to be good but I do like Jalen Hurts's future so you know I like so yeah he could be Alabama and Oklahoma though um because he uh because Oklahoma's coach, uh, forget his name right off the bat. Um, Riley. Yeah, he's very good quarterback whispers too. So I can't give Jalen Hurts all the credit from Alabama, all the credit on him. So, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not. I'm just not sold on Tua. Is the is the bottom line, and uh, I think he does better than last year, but it's not enough to get them to the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, um, I'm gonna move on. I'll let you start. This I'm gonna spiel on this one. <laughs> so uh, let me let me just go into this with the Patriots. First of all, their over under is nine and a half, and I just wanted to say this. So last year, they won seven. They won seven and nine, right? So let me just break down the situation last year. Their starting quarterback was, came off the street in June, didn't have enough time to properly learn the offense. And got COVID, which derailed, you know, what was a decent start for him. They had no skill position players at all outside of their running backs. And I think Jacoby Myers was, was good. Besides that, they had like no, no, no other skill players on offense. Their offensive line, they had some pieces, um, but they were pretty injured at the tackle spots. Um, their left tackle was injured for, you know, part of the season. Then the right tackle opted out for COVID. They had the most... COVID opt-outs in the league. Front seven on defense was uh, was very underwhelming. Um, linebackers, all three starting linebackers from the previous year, either left in free agency or opted out with COVID. Um, and, and again, because they had, you know, just from the dynasty era, you know, pushing to win, you know, titles and go all in, you know, they had a lot of dead money on their salary cap that, you know, they kind of just hit the reset button on that last year. So, you factor all those things up. Bill Belichick won seven games with that team. They they had three or four win talent, and he yes he is still the best coach in football. He won seven games with the team that 
an average coach would have won three or four games. So fast forward to this year and they spend, they spend a lot of money in free agency, add a lot of really good players. I just said, well, they, they lost the three linebackers. Well, they got three new linebackers in this year, two of the guys back Hightower and Van Noy coming back. is huge. And then you add Matt Judon, who by all accounts has fit in great in training camp. He's, you know, going to be maybe the best pass rusher they've had in a while. Um, defensive line, they, they've, they drafted Barmore. They added uh, God Chow and um, the other guy. Oh, Henry Anderson. So they added some defensive linemen that are solid. I don't know if their defensive line is going to be like the best in the league or anything, but it's going to be a lot better. And, you know, you look at their their secondary is, has always been so good. If there's one defensive weakness, it's the fact that if, if Gilmore or J.C. Jackson gets hurt, I don't know what their corner situation would be because a lot of the backups there are like more, you know, they're better in the slot. Um, so obviously they have to, you know, take care of the contact situation with Gilmore. I think they will. They have a track record with figuring out a way, figuring out ways to do that. So I look at this defense, this, this Patriots defense is you look at them, Washington, the Rams, maybe Tampa, and that's your short list for the best defenses in football. This defense has a chance to be the best defense in the NFL, especially with Belichick's, you know, scheming it up. Then you go to the offense. Offensive line is going to, you know, they hit on, on Wendy last year that allowed them to let Tooney walk, which, freed up money to spend on other spots. They're big, they're physical, and they're going to maul people on the, up front. They're, they've got multiple running backs with Harris and Michelle, and, and obviously James White think that they've got, you know, three running backs that can uh, – and, and that doesn't even include the guy they drafted in the fourth round, the Stevenson guy, who at the end of the preseason game – and I know it was against players that aren't going to play in the NFL probably, right? But the guy was just trucking people and ran for over like a hundred yards in like half a quarter. Uh, I mean, so they've got a lot of really good running, but they're going to be able to really run the ball. So they, this is a team that is going to be built around defense and running game. It is an old school football team. And it is going to come down to this. Can whoever starts a quarterback, between Cam Newton and Mac Jones, can they engineer a passing game that's just good enough without a traditional number one wide receiver? I mean, they've got much improved skill talent. They really do. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are going to give them a lot of – I love two tight end sets. I think it's a great way to, like, you can easily disguise, like, whether you're going to run or pass with that. You have an extra blocker in the run game, but also somebody that can catch. So I really like the idea of running everything through that formation, which they will. Um, Nelson Aguilar is going to give them a speed element out on the outside they didn't have last year. and. Jacoby Myers was, again, the one good wide receiver they had last year. So um, I'm hoping Mac Jones is the quarterback. I think he's the better option. Um, I think he's – I think if Mac Jones starts, they're going to have a good enough passing game for sure. If Cam starts, the run game will be better for sure. But the run game is already going to be good. So um, – and I don't know how things are going to go fast with him. But it can only go up from last year with him. So – uh, I think regardless, I don't know how this team, the over-under is nine and a half. I don't know any way that this team is going to finish with less than 10 wins, um, even if a couple of things go wrong, if a couple of their signings don't work out or whatever. Like, like I don't see any way. And they have a much easier schedule than last year. There's no way they're going to finish with less than 10 wins. I just don't see it. And I have this team at 12, 12 I have them at 12 and 5. Again, because of the deep AFC, like you mentioned, I think that's only good enough for the sixth seed I have them at. 
but I do have them finishing at 12 and five. And I think the race between them and Buffalo, I have Buffalo winning it, but I think it's going to be a lot closer and more competitive than people think. So rant over. Um, what do you think? Uh, there's no way in hell that this team's winning 12 is, is my thing. Uh, quarterback play is not going to be superb. I, I have them as a, this is another team as of, of the other six that I, I have them at 10 and seven because of the schedule. So I have them over 9.5, but I don't, I, they're not going to be a 12 win team. Um, and the reason, being, the reason being is your passing game has to be able to carry you to 12 wins eventually. And I, I don't, I just don't trust Cam Newton or Mac Jones as a rookie to do that. Um, that's the only reason. Um, but say year two or three of Mac Jones, if he's an accurate passer or more accurate, then maybe. But my whole thing is with the Patriots, they're another one of those teams where I think. 10, 7, 11, 5 is their, their ceiling. Their floor is like a 9 and 8, 8 and 9. Like, and, and the reason being is because they have Belichick. Um, they do have a good defense, like you said, as well. Um, and they have like the one of the best corners in the league in Stefan Gilmore. I, I just, my whole thing is you might have a good running game. I'm not scared of any one of your receivers because Nelson Aguilar can be hit or miss in a given season. So I, I don't, I don't really love, I'm not in love with, uh, with Hunter Henry. He's way too injury prone. He's already gotten injured in the preseason. Um, so in my mind, I think you're 10 seven because people are uh, really good defenses or good, or even just solid defenses are going to put eight in the box. And I don't think you guys are going to be able to compete with the very good teams in the AFC for that reason. So I'm going to say 10, seven, and I agree with you with the easy schedule. Uh, you guys will make it to the playoffs this year. Okay. I mean, that, that's, that's we're, we're closer than I, I kind of thought. We were. I, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be a hater and say seven and 11 or whatever, seven, 10 or something like that. Cause there's just no, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, there's just like, I could see if a couple of things go wrong and the quarterback play isn't, great and whatever 10 and 7 isn't isn't crazy 11 and 6 certainly play 12 and 5 might be optimistic but like the thing is when, when belichick has had a, a roster around you know he can scheme he's the rare when the at least in the regular season he can scheme around if he quarterback but i mean he got he won 11 games with matt castle right that that year tom brady got hurt when, when the league decided that they were jealous of the Patriots' success and decided to railroad Tom Brady for no reason, and we had to play four games without him in 2016. Uh, we won. Uh, we went three and one with a game and a half of Garoppolo, who hadn't really played yet, and in the NFL yet. Obviously, we know now he's a good quarterback, but we didn't know then for sure. And then we had to play two and a half of those games with Jacoby Brissett, and we started three and one. And we, we beat a couple of good teams in there. I think we beat Houston back when they were making the playoffs. So um, I, I just think uh, I just think this team's going to be good. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not, obviously. But I'll tell you, if if I'm a team like the Bills, Browns, Ravens, Titans, whoever that's hosting a, a playoff game in in the wild card round, I wouldn't want to see Bill Belichick. I wouldn't want to have to deal with the Bill Belichick game plan. I'd take my chances elsewhere. So I, I have them as a six seed, but 
I'll tell you what, if a six seed is 12 and five, I, this AFC is going to be very deep. I, I think I agree with you on, I wouldn't want to play the Patriots, but those teams that you were talking about, like the castle errors and stuff, you had better offensive weapons than you do now. Um, that part is fair. That part, yeah. that, that part is fair. Um, I think a lot of it will, um, if Jacoby Myers can take another jump, that's going to be a big deal for this team because he was in his second year last year and, you know, he was the one receiver that actually did shit. So, um, it, it, and, and I do think he's going to start, obviously they brought in Kendrick Bourne too, but I do think Myers is going to play over him um, by all, you know, by all accounts. So I think if Myers, you know, steps up and has another, makes another jump, that's going to really make this receiving core quote unquote good enough. Um, Cause the tight ends are going to be really good. Like Hunter Henry is going to be the traditional tight end that you would think of as a tight end, but they're going to move John U. Smith everywhere. John U. Smith is going to play like a hundred different positions in the off within the offensive formation in the game. It's going to be crazy what they're able to do with them from a versatility standpoint. So um, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be, you know, obviously I love the Tom Brady era teams and it's going to be, I, you know, as a fan, I will never have an experience like that to root for a team like that again. But there is a part of me that's like really excited to have this breath of fresh air with this young rookie quarterback that I think has a lot of promise coming in. And I really hope we play him because I really am looking forward to watching and seeing what he does. Uh, I think he's, I think he's got what it takes. Um, he's, I've heard like, Chad Pennington is a comparison, and I think it's fair. But again, the Jets won with Chad Pennington when he stayed healthy. Chad Pennington is very accurate. He's a good leader. He knew what to do with the offense. Like so, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing this team play. Um, so, I figured we would. I actually figured we'd have a wider disagreement on the Patriots. So I'm pretty impressed. Um, I thought you would uh, have us out of. I thought you'd have Miami over us. So I'll take I'll, I'll take it honestly. No, no, I don't trust two at all. But, uh, but okay, yeah. fair enough. We should move on. Enough on the Patriots. I, I've ranted enough. Um, so, so wait, so you are, you said 10 and 7 and over, right? Yes, okay. I did. All right, fair enough. So, um, let's go to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's over under is 11. I have the Bills at 13 wins and the third seed. Um, I think there's some, I'm back and forth kind of with this because on one hand I was really underwhelmed by their playoff run last year. I know they made it to the AFC championship game, but you, you were over at my house when we watched them play the Colts and the Colts is a seven seed almost beat them. And then you, you go to their game against the Ravens in, in the divisional round. I mean, it's 10 to three, you know, Ravens can tie the game and and, and then they throw a pick six and then Lamar gets hurt. So, you know, I don't really know what to take from that playoff run. I definitely think there was some luck involved and I, I think there could be some regression on that front. But on the other hand, you do have, you know, the weaker schedule and, and stuff like that. And, and then even, you know, as a first place, you know, you compare like, you know, how each team, you know, plays like the, the first, you know, the bills will play the first place team from the other divisions in the conference and the Patriots would play the third place team or whatever, because it's where they finished last year. Well, 
I look at it, I'm like, well, the Patriots get the Chargers and the Browns. We'll get to these teams, but I don't think those are third place teams that they're going to have to play. So that's kind of an unlucky draw. Whereas the Bills get the Chiefs, but they also get the Steelers, which again, we'll get into it. But I think obviously the Chiefs aren't what you want, but you know, that's not what I would expect from them having to play like a first place schedule. So I think their schedules are pretty easy. And I think uh, they're, I'll have them a half game worse than last year, going from 13 and three to 13 and four. They'll be the third seed. I don't expect them to, well, it's hard to say because I just don't know who is going to be the one to challenge the Chiefs. It's just so hard to tell. So they'll have a chance. I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs, though. Um, but what do you think about the Bills? I agree with you at 13-4. They also added Emmanuel Sanders to that already stacked wide receiver core. So I don't think so – Who did they lose? They lost John Brown, right? Yeah, lost- John Brown, I, I don't – Emmanuel Sanders I'd rather have. He's he's dependable. He's that – so Cole Beasley will be their, their West Welker, so to speak. They're, they're quietly – honestly, like, they have – Stefan Diggs. I mean, they're, they're, they have the best wide receiver core in the whole NFL. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, I think Tampa might have something to say about that. I, you know, it, it, I, yeah, that's, that's true of Antonio Brown. Yeah, probably, but. I mean, AFC, AFC, I can see, I can see what you're saying though. Yeah, AFC, they have the D, I, I mean, Kansas City had some burners, don't get me wrong. Um, with, and, and well, then with Kelsey City, too. Right? I don't know that Kansas City's receivers are what they're cracked up to be, but we'll get to those. Right, but I don't see this team falling off at all. I, I think Josh Allen has another amazing year because, I mean, Cole Beasley went another gear last year, and if he can prove that again, I mean, that that is a that is a squad. That is a definite squad. And so I agree with everything you said, though. Yeah, well, Cole Beasley is anti-vax, so um, he might miss some time at some point with COVID. But, um, you know, they have, they have the depth to cover that, though. Um, they have Diggs and they have uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and then they have uh, Davis, who they drafted last year. So uh, they, they've got uh, they've got enough weapons, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I know they drafted a couple of pass rushers. We'll see if that, if that upgrades things at all. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – so, yeah, and I, I have Buffalo as the third seed. So, if, you know, that would be quite the interesting uh, wildcard matchup if my prediction's right, because that would be Bill's Patriots in, in, a, in a playoff game. So, um, but, yeah, so that's uh, – are, are we good on the Bills, or uh, are you ready to move on? All right, let's move on then to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, over, under is six and a half uh, – I'm going to go under. Uh, I have the Bengals at 5-12. and 12. Um, I think they'll take steps forward, but I don't think their defense is very good. Um, I, I do think their offense has a chance to be uh, competitive, though, because Joe Burrow is coming back. He's got good receivers. Uh, I think they, their line might be good enough where he doesn't get injured, at least. So, um but I think the Bengals are a year away. I could see them like going five and twelve, but maybe they upset a playoff game, a playoff team or two late in the season, and uh, then and lose a lot of close games, and then carry in some momentum, positive momentum to twenty twenty two, 
and have a really good season then, or, or, or have a, you know, kind of have a breakthrough season. Maybe not a really good season, but have a breakthrough season or maybe they go 500 or maybe a little above 500 or something next year. But um, for this year, I think they've still got uh, another, they're, they're a year away. So what do you think about the Bengals? Yeah. I So I'm going to say they're six and 11. So I have them as under as well. Reason being is that Joe Burrow apparently has looked like crap, and I think it's because he went off a a, a a bad injury last year, and so now he's trying to get the feeling back. I think by like week eight, he's the old Joe Burrow. Uh, he's going to have to have some growing pains in that. The thing that really sucks for Bengals is that if they were in any other division uh, besides AFC East. In the AFC, I mean, AFC South well, and West. AFC is really, really tough. But, I mean, the defenses they're going to have to go through in the AFC North, I mean, it's just brutal. It's, it's, it's brutal. So, uh, what's going to happen is, is that they'll squeak out a, a game against the playoff team because the playoff team already clinched. Um, so I think that's going to happen. So like if they played the Ravens in the last or something like that, they, they, they'll probably win that just because the Ravens are sitting all their starters by that point. So I, I, I just, uh, I don't see it with the Bengals. So I agree. Yeah, that, that's possible. And, and what I said kind of dovetails a little what you said, because like if Joe Burrow is not healthy, you know, not completely back for the first half of the season, then, that just lends more credence to the Bengals are just a year away. And then 2022 is the year where they, they actually might make some real progress with their team. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think that's enough talk on the, on the Bengals. Um, <laughs> uh, unless you have anything else. All right. So this one is probably going to be a bit controversial. Um, they're your team. So I'm going to give you the floor first. Uh, Steelers uh, over under is eight and a half. We're a nine and eight team this year because we might have the toughest schedule, but for some reason we play good against good teams. Usually um, I, I, I'm saying nine and eight because I think we're about the five. Or, we're one of those five or six teams I was talking about where our ceiling would be 10 and 7 and our floor is 7 and 10. I think our defense is too good. I'm not find so our defense I am not as high on our defense as some other analysts are. I don't know. I don't think High Smith's going to be good enough, but I did love the Ingram signing. Um that was that one I think is going to pay dividends. Um but we don't have good corners, and we might have Minka Fitzpatrick, but, I mean, if you don't have good corners, it, it's even if you have a great pass rush. I mean, if Stefan Tuitt can actually stay healthy for once, I think we'd be, we'd be a top five. I think we're still going to be a top five unit. We're kind of built very similar to the Patriots, where we got Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron. We're going to probably try to run two, two tight end sets to try to either run or play action. I do love the fact that we don't have uh, Finkner anymore. He is the shittiest offensive coordinator. So, and in my mind, 
Canada is going to be able to get in those uh, jet sweeps and stuff. But I'm not sold on our offensive line at all. Uh, I wanted, I did not love the fact that we picked Najee Harris. He might be the pro Steelers running back, but we could have gotten so many good tackles this year. And the fact that we got Pat Fryermuth instead of that Oklahoma State guy Jenkins at that time really made me mad. Or just like any tackle in the second round would have been fine with me. Um, I did like the center, Kendrick Green. I thought that was a really good pick, seeing that we're trying to get a good run defense. I mean, offense. Um, I don't think the offensive line is going to be any worse than last year, but that's not saying much. And like I said, our defense, I'm not sold on it completely. I think we're definitely a top 10 defense, but in, in my mind, a top 10 defense in this day and age, yeah, is it a solid defense? Yeah, but you're still giving up like 24 points a game. So is our offense going to be able to score 24 points a game? I, I think we have the talent to do it, but I don't know about our offensive line being cohesive enough if we're actually going to. And uh, I think we just squeak out a 9-8, unfortunately, because I would love to have seen Tomlin get his first losing season because I do not think he's that great of a coach. So um, that that's my take. Well, then you're in luck with my prediction. <laughs> All right. So um, this is the first over under that because you went over uh, just barely. Um, I, this is the first one that we're going to disagree on. I have the under here and it's not really close for me. I have the Steelers at six and 11. Um yeah, that may seem a little low, but I have a lot of concerns with this team. Um, offensive line, I think it might be the worst one in the league. If it's not the worst one in the league, it's bottom five. And you've got a 40-year-old quarterback behind that who's not very mobile anymore, who doesn't take care of himself the way Tom Brady does, I don't think. And I just think – and who has been injury-prone – throughout his career at times. I think it's an injury risk waiting to happen with him. Um, yeah, yeah, you drafted Najee Harris, but who's opening the running lanes for him? You know, to get the most out of that pick. The one thing he is going to be able to do is, is maybe he can provide an outlet in the passing game for Roethlisberger where he can get rid of the ball fast and, uh, and help that way. But, like, offensive line is more indicative of like look Najee Harris might be a better pure running back than like say Damian Harris or at least has a chance to be obviously Damian Harris has played in the league um but like in in two years Najee Harris could be a better running back than like Damian Harris but Damian Harris is going to be running behind a really good offensive line so he's going to get better he's going to put up better stats and run the ball better um I mean that's just I think the, the way it goes I don't so I think Najee Harris is going to struggle a bit um, because of the lack of offensive line space. I mean, you've got good receivers for sure. Um, Smith Schuster's back. I didn't necessarily think he was going to be, so that's kind of a, a you know, a good retention. Um, so I mean, the receivers are good, but like, you know, how, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to going to work though. Is is a guy going to be in Roethlisberger's face and? One and a half seconds, two seconds. He's gonna, you know, he's really gonna have to get that ball out fast. 
So, I, you know, and then you go to the defense and it's like, you know, I know there's good players on the defense. Mega Fitzpatrick is really good. TJ Watt is really, really, really good. Um, but that corner spot is a glaring weak spot. And that is not a position on your defense that you want to be weak at. So um, I, and, and I do think Tomlin is a good coach, but it's, it's like, eventually it's got to kind of, things are going to kind of run out. And I could easily see the Steelers winning seven or eight. You know, I might be a bit pessimistic with my six and 11. I might just be trying to hammer my pessimism home by going with six and 11. Um, so I, I don't know, but I it just, and, and you've got, you know, other teams in the division in the AFC now that are, you know, I think just better. So I certainly don't know how this team makes the playoffs. And frankly, I don't think they're going to be that good. And I think this, frankly, I, I think the Steelers are headed into probably a bit of a rebuild. Um, obviously, they're, they're going to have to find the next quarterback and they're going to have to rebuild like the offensive line and, um, you know, a couple of spots on defense, obviously. So I do, I, I do like, you know, that they got a guy like In Melvin Ingram that can help their pass rush maybe a little bit because um, that was definitely a concern too. But uh, I'm just not that high on this team. So, yeah, that's what I got. Points. Uh, I will say Roethlisberger had the quickest release time of all quarterbacks, but that was also because we did a short game. Um, I, yeah, honestly, I, mean, I, I know you didn't know. like that under under Fickner, but like I don't know right. how you can do anything else with the lack of protection. Well, my whole thing is I think our offensive line actually would probably be a little better this year uh, because we had the line last year, and DeCastro was so injured that he had to retire this year pretty much. So, and, and well, in the way of a sucked. Pouncey, I was never that big of a fan of. So, like, I honestly think it will be an addition by subtraction. But I do agree with you. We could easily be a top, uh, bottom five offensive line for sure. Um, but, yeah, your you're, fair point. I, I don't think it's 6-11 and 11 bad. But I, I do believe our floor would be 7-10, and 10, especially with how hard our schedule is this year yeah and that's the other thing i mean so i keep forgetting what nfc division do you guys play i know it's not the south is it the north i want to say we play uh, well here's the thing we play uh i think it's nfc north NFC north okay so you play NFC, but i know your your extra game is against the nfc west which is just you know it, it's not. against seattle it's fucking against seattle like it's not just yeah, against NFC West; it's against Seattle. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to the NFC West. That that's that's the best division of football, fuck the bottom. But uh, yeah, at least you don't have to play all four games against that, I guess. But yeah, it's that's not ideal, right? Well, so I guess that, that ends with the Steelers. I'm interested to see who you have as the second best team in this division, though. Oh, this this is going to be fascinating. Um, so uh. Yeah, I guess let's move on to that then. Um, so uh, next up, I have uh, – I, I guess I'll go in, in order of this. So the Browns over-under is 10.5, and, and I'm going over. Um, I have the Browns at 13-4, and four, and I have them um, – and, and I just kind of – when there was tiebreakers on my list, right, I just kind of – pivoted because it was kind of easy to figure out, kind of pivoted to the strengths of 
strength of schedule thing. Like I think the AFC North is going to play a harder schedule than the AFC East. So I put the Browns, um, well, not to give away too much, but I put the AFC North teams over the AFC East teams in the tiebreaker. Um, so I have the Browns as the number two seed and um, it, it's always a little like unsettling, like buying into the Browns, but I'm going to take the bait because they had a really good year last year. I think Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski is a real deal is the head coach. They have a really good run game. Uh, Mayfield continues to improve as a quarterback. They're getting Odell Beckham back. Um, so as long as he doesn't really upset like the chemistry and doesn't like demand the ball and stuff like that, which I know he has done a little bit of in the past, like he can really help their passing game and give them just another dimension. Um, like, and, and their offensive line is good. Like they're loaded on an offense and they really improved their defense too. I really like their draft. Um, I think they had one of the best drafts in the NFL to get, to get Owusu Koromora, who was widely projected as a first round pick in the second round as a steal. I know he's maybe not a full-time player, but he's a playmaker that can really help you know, in the middle of their defense, the linebacker. Um, Jadeveon Clowney will give them another pass rusher so that Miles Garrett doesn't get all the attention. Uh, they, they upgraded a corner, which again, corner is a really important position and the Browns are, you know, that's a spot that they're pretty deep at. So um, I just, I really like what they're, what they're building. And I think, I think if anyone's going to challenge the chiefs again, it's just hard to believe in the Browns because of the Browns, but on paper, I think if anyone's going to challenge, give a run, give the chiefs a run for their money. I feel like it's this team. So what do you think about the, about the Browns? You're saying the Ravens are the second seed and I mean, number two in the division. Yeah. I mean, just to spit it out, I have the Ravens at 12 and five, um, same record as the Patriots, but I gave the Ravens the tiebreaker. So they'd be okay. So I, think 13 and four is a little too generous i think their ceilings 12 and five and their floor is 10 and seven so i think like 11 11 and a half whatever it was is like right on the bat okay so you're going over then because they're over under 10 and a half yeah I, i'm going over for the simple fact of one they got jadevon clowney they Odell Beckham, I'm not really cared for. I don't. I don't care about that addition. I think honestly, he could make it worse. I, I would trade him honestly, because your offense proved that you do not need him. So why so even on, take the chance on Beckham? I think because they're gonna start to run into, um, you know, salary cap issues when they start to extend some of their young players, um, including Baker Mayfield himself. So I think there's a pretty good chance that when they start to have to deal with that, that they will trade Odell Beckham, but I don't think they're going to do it obviously before the season. I think that's a 2022 offseason move that happens. Cause honestly, if it wasn't for that one hand catch, I don't, I think he's very, very overrated. I think he had a couple good years, but I, it's really been downhill since. And so in, in my mind, what I like about Cleveland I just think I just think four losses. I, I think they get more than that because you have to go through the AFC North. Even if the Steelers are as bad as you say, that defense is going to mess them up too. I mean, there's going to be a lot of injuries this year. Uh, like last year, there's going to be people going out with injuries, and uh, I, I just don't think they're going to be thirteen and four. 
but I could see a 12 and five uh, team winning that division for sure. Um, but I agree with everything you said. Their run game, they they have the best run game in the NFL. I don't think there's any uh, doubt about it in my mind. Nick Chubb, I think is the best pure runner as a running back in the NFL. Yeah, he, he might be. And I know um, the offensive line improving last season was the difference for them because their offensive line in uh, 20, what was that, 2019, when everybody thought the Browns were going to be really good and they weren't. I think it was because their line was bad. And, and then they kind of fixed that. And uh, they, they drafted Jedrick Wills and uh, things really kind of turned around. So, uh, you know, it's definitely it's definitely not a perfect team. And this is definitely one that could, could bite me, but you know, it's uh, and again, I probably have a more comfortable going with a uh, higher win total here because I do see two teams in this division that aren't that good, and, and you probably want to see one, and and so that that kind of makes some sense there. Um, but yeah, so uh, you, you do think the Browns are going to win the division though? Do and I, this is a perfect segue into the Ravens. Let's the go to the Ravens. I know you have probably some Ravens takes, so uh, their over under is 11. Um, I think so that's perfect. The- I, I think 11 is – is I, I was going to say 11 and 6. I think they're a good team. Um, I do like – they have the best corner to tandem. They have the best secondary – well, I don't think they even have the best secondary per se, but Marcus Peters, Humphreys, I mean, that that's that's great. Um, the, the, my question with them is their defensive line. They're up their front seven, honestly. Um, I don't think – I think their defense is a top 10 unit, but I think their their ceiling is really like number eight or something like that. I don't – I don't. I, they, they, they just – their front seven's not that great. Um, but reason why I think they're 11-6 is their offense, I think, improves a little bit. I like Bateman, even though he's injured now. I do not trust Lamar Jackson at all. He's a great runner of the football, but his passing game, as the Steelers put on display, is not that great. I mean, he you can I don't think you can win a Super Bowl or be you can be a perennial playoff team with a great running game and a great running quarterback, but you cannot be a serious contender if you cannot pass the ball well. And that's the Ravens' Achilles' heel. Uh, they have they have good tight ends. They got okay wide receivers. I think Bateman was a good pick, but I don't see them on paper. They're not as good as the Browns. Uh, on paper, I think the Browns have the deepest roster in the league for both sides. Um, but Ravens, I think eleven six is is a perfect guess for them. So I'm going to say that this was actually right on the point. Okay. So that, that that's fair. I, I have a push coming up, you know, a little bit later as well. So um definitely fair to go that way. I'm going I'm going over. I'm going one more win than, than you are. I, I have the Ravens at twelve and five. Um so yeah I agree with some of what you said. I think defensively you hit you hit the nail on the head. Um they I think they're a really, really good defense, but they're not in that top group. They're not in that Patriots Rams Washington football team, maybe Tampa's somewhere after that, maybe that that group up there. I don't think they're that good, but I definitely think they're in the top 10 somewhere. Um, they're secondary, like you said, really good. And that's really important. 
um, to have good corners, and they've got good corners. Um, I don't know what kind of role he's going to have, but I know Tavon Young, after a couple of years being injured, is coming back, and he I know he was a good slot guy for them before he, you know, started having injury problems. Um, so um, offensive, or, or hang on, just for a second. So let me backtrack. So the front seven, um, I don't know how ready he's going to be, but if Adafi Owe can come in and and play right away and be effective, that will help a lot because there is a Matt Judon-sized hole in their linebacker group. Um, so they need Owe to come in and, and be that guy immediately. Well, and they signed Justin Houston as well. So I guess they've got a, a veteran placeholder if he's not, but really the best thing for them is if he is ready right away. Then offensively, um, them losing Orlando Brown and adding Villanueva instead is going to hurt their run blocking. Um, and that'll be a downgrade there. Um, so he's really going to, but they're, they're, look, they have Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins, and the rest, the rest of the line is pretty good. They're still going to be able to run the ball really well. They'll be one of the top five running teams in the league, um, no question. But, you know, I think, and, and this is the case for the future too. Like, obviously Lamar Jackson to this point has not been an elite passer. That's no secret. Um, but I, I do agree that, you know, and, and this is what they're trying to push, right? They're giving him weapons. They're giving him Bateman. He's got Andrews, uh, Hollywood Brown. They signed Sammy Watkins. Um, so he's got – the receivers are not an excuse. You know, it is going to be – in. you know, it is going to be Lamar Jackson's responsibility to start developing a little bit more as a passer. And the, off, and for the offensive coaching staff to help him do that and come up with you know, Greg Roman's always been like more of a run game kind of run the ball offensive coordinator. So it's going to be kind of their, obviously that's still their identity, but they've got to, you know, let Lamar, you know, really develop as a passer. That's going to be the key to everything for them. If Lamar can develop, take a step forward here as a passer, I think this team really does have a chance to win the division. But if not, then I think they're going to be a wildcard team and it's going to be hard to see them, you know, now or going forward, being better than the Browns. I, I agree with that. Um, I just – I don't think Lamar Jackson has the capability of being a pocket passer or being accurate right now. Um, could he be could, – could he do an – but I think he's proven time and time again – yeah, and, and I, I don't like how people say, hey, he, he has good passing stat, uh, statistics because all of that's on play action and stuff like that, which is fine. But if you are down by two scores and you have to pass, that is his Achilles heel. And that's why I do not trust this team. Uh, that's why I think uh, their playoffs, they stink because when you go against really good teams that can score and you have to pass, that's when you can beat the Ravens. And that, that, that's how I'll end it on that. Yeah, I mean, so on the timeline of it, like, I'm not going to see Lamar Jackson can't even this season, you know, take a step forward as a passer. It's just we have to see. You know, we have we have to see him do it, and he's got to take that step. And he has a chance to, you know, with, with the improved receivers. I'm not going to say it's, it's no question that, that, that he just can't. But, uh, you know, he's going to have to because he's not there right now. From what we've seen so far, he's not there right now. And, and also, let me just say, if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, well, and a lot of teams are in this spot, right? But I was watching the preseason game a little bit with uh, with my family over the weekend. 
um, the Ravens' first preseason game. And, man, if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, they're screwed because their backup quarterbacks are, like, late-round, undrafted, like, I don't know. So they're really raw and untested, and they're screwed if Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Let me just say that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts that, that's from, fair. from the Ravens? That's fair, especially since Trace McSorley has to miss the rest of the preseason. Um, so yeah, they're 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 definitely screwed. But uh, but yeah, let's go to the. Yeah, so uh, do, you the do you think the Ravens are? Um, I know you said a bunch of teams are in that six seven kind of range for you and competing for that. Do you think the Ravens are a step above? Do you think they're like the, they're like probably going to be the five seed? Yeah. Ravens will be the fifth seed. Uh, I think the. So if we're gonna do our play, I mean, I guess if you let, 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 let's let's list our playoff team, our, our playoff brackets at the end. Okay, just to get concise for people. Right, um, but I think the sixth seed and the seventh seed. Oh, breaking news! Mm-hmm. Breaking. It's not foot. It's not football related, but Marcus Smart just signed a four-year, seventy-seven million dollar extension. He thought he was going to get traded. There's talks that he was going to get traded, so that's actually pretty big. Well, so. Yeah, I mean, this probably isn't the place for for this. This, this is definitely way off topic in this podcast, but uh, it, it's they better know what they're doing. It better be tradable because we are all in on um, on being having the flexibility to add Bradley Beal, and I know they want to do it in a sign in trade with Horford's contract. But man, they better be able to get off the Marcus Smart money if they have to, because who oh boy. Um, I, I thought he was going to get traded too before they signed Schroeder. But once they got Schroeder, I was like, you know, I think people like the people who say the Celtics are going to be in the playing game again and shit. Like, I'm sorry. That is ridiculous. Like if you're playoff, if you're ranking for N- NBA teams in the Eastern conference next season has the Celtics blow sixth place, you need to take your list, rip it into little pieces and flush it down the toilet because it is not valid. <laughs> like, the Celtics are definitely a top, and I think they're better than that, but they're at least top six um, as is. I mean, they've got a really good deep rotation. So after they got that done, I was like, well, they're not going to trade Smart. But Smart was an expiring, right? So they have that option to, or they did have that option to say, go nuclear if they have to and say, okay, uh, we will renounce everything and sign Bradley Beal if you if you don't work out a sign and trade with us. Um, now, you know, I don't know if they're going to have that, so – Things, some things just maybe got a little trickier, and I don't know how that's going to go. But there will be, uh, you know, I'll probably have a piece on this on on my again, Jacob. Let, let, let me see what this. Let me get the link. Yep. So JacobNBAblog.wordpress.com. Check that out. I'll probably have a reaction piece on this later. Um, breaking this down. Um, but yeah, let so let's we'll, we'll list all our playoff our playoff brackets at the end just to make it like concise for people and then let's just go through the last two divisions on the if you're down with that fc south so we can end on a good division <laughs> yeah no i agree with that um with the, i guess did you have anything to say on marcus smart before we move on um i think i think honestly it, it's going to be used as leverage in trade that yeah i mean hey he could be sent to to Washington for, uh, you know, an assigning trade potentially uh, if, it, if it comes out. Or, I mean, the ideal is, right, that, you know, Beal says he wants to come to Boston and the Celtics package Horford's contract, a couple of young players and a couple of draft picks. And then you have Marcus Smart then are, are able to 
the ideal would be if you can find a way under the cap, under the hard cap, to have a starting lineup of Smart, Beal, the Jays, and Robert Williams. I don't know if that's feasible, but so we'll see how this goes. It, it's it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how how it all plays out. So, um, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, the Houston Texans. Um, so their over under is four and i am going hard under here um i have this team winning a grand total of one game um i'm gonna give them one win but i think they're a real threat to go owen owen 17 be the first owen 17 team in nfl history um i l- let's just say they were four and 12 last season their two best players were jj watt and deshaun watson jj watt is now in arizona and Deshaun Watson is probably not going to take a snap this year. So what else do I need to say? Um, their coaching staff, they hired some random nobody from the Ravens that was like a position coach because like they couldn't get anyone else to take the job. Like that team is just, it's going to be four years before they're good. Um, I don't want to be all negative though. So I will say the positive of the situation, they're going to have to suffer through a miserable season where they're the worst team in football. But at the end of it, they're going to actually have their own draft pick this time. They're not going to have to send it to the Dolphins anymore. They're going to have their pick so that if they get the number one overall pick, it's theirs. And if Deshaun Watson actually gets cleared from his like legal trouble, then they're going to be able to trade him for probably two or three first-round draft picks. So after this season, they will be able to start rebuilding in earnest. And I do think that Nick Casario might be the right GM to do that Um yeah, yeah, obviously he has a track record with the Patriots, but so yeah, I mean, but this season, man, there's there's just nothing here. There's nothing here. This team has no redeeming qualities. I mean, I guess Brandon Cooks is a decent receiver, but I mean, who else on this team is doing anything? Oh, and and there, I, I guess whoever plays a quarterback, I mean, Marcus Cannon and Laramie Tunsil is not the worst offensive tackle duo, so their protection might be okay. But, I mean, so what's your take on the Texans? I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback. Um, is he horrible? No. Is he good? I wouldn't say good, no. I think he's, like, he's the perfect Andy Dalton-type quarterback. <laughs> Where, like, it used to be the Andy Dalton line. He's kind of, like, a, a few steps behind that. But he's, he's solid enough that he's not going to make you – you know he's not going to lose you games. He's not going to really. If you have, he, he the the pieces to win with him though, um, I the Cobb went to the Green Bay Packers, so now that they they only have Cooks really, um, and in my mind, uh, I I'm going to have to say under on four. I think that was a very generous four. Um, I'm, I think yeah, their ceiling's definitely no wins. I'm going to say two. Because don't they play you guys, AFC East? Yeah, well, that's not that's not an, that's not a good division to play. No, I mean, um, but if there's ever a, a game the Jets would lose, it would be – like that would be well, a very Jets thing to lose against the Texans. Someone's got to win between the Texans and the Jets, I guess. So someone would have to win that game, but I mean Th- – that, That's what I'm saying. Like, there, there is games that I wouldn't be surprised – I actually, honestly, I'm only saying like two games because 
Um, that's usually how it goes for teams that you think are going to win zero. They might get lucky and like play a second string at the end. Um, so I'm going to say two, um, but they are definitely, in my mind, the worst team in football by far. Okay, so we're in general agreement on that. Um, yeah, you know, maybe next 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 off season, uh, you know, this time next year things look a, a bit brighter. Maybe they've got a number one overall pick quarterback coming in. Uh, maybe they've gotten a, a, a few extra draft picks from for uh, Deshaun Watson, something like that. I mean, so it's not completely like hopeless if you can squint hard enough and like get through what will be a really ugly season. Um, and obviously if Deshaun Watson gets like sent to prison or something, then, then, then GG, cause then you're not getting the trade return for him. So um, obviously that matter is way more serious than, you know, there's obviously a lot of really serious shit with that that goes beyond football, but on this podcast, we're kind of just looking at the football aspect of that. So um, I think that's enough Texans talk. Uh, let's go to the Jaguars. Um, their over under is six and a half. Uh, I'm going to go under, but I don't really feel good about it because I had them at six and 11. So I think they're right on that line. I think this is a good number. Um, I think this is a team that uh, we all know how, um, impressive of a prospect Trevor Lawrence is. And I think uh, they still need some work on their roster. Um, they seemed happy with their offensive line, but they could use a, if they could get a real stud offensive lineman or two in there to help protect them, that would help. And they, they could use some improvement on defense, but I do think they, they did, you know, improve, improve some on defense. It, you know, they, they drafted in their secondary. They've got a couple of young pass rushers coming up. I mean, and then their receivers for a team that was one in 15 last year, like their roster is not as bad as you would think. Like either even at receiver, like they didn't really draft anyone there, but well, they drafted ETN, but their receivers are like pretty competent. Like Marvin Jones is a veteran, like Chenault and Chark are, you know, reasonably talented young options. Like, I think they needed a tight end. I think a tight end is like the, the real thing they're really missing. And that's not great for a young quarterback. They have Tebow. They're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So cue up the gif of the, of the squirrel with the um, fire, you know, sitting at the table with fire all around. him, just saying it's fine. Like that gift is uh, perfect for that, uh, for Tebow's presence. But, um, you know, they're going to be able to run, you know, they, they have a couple of good running backs to take the pressure off. He's got ETN who's familiar with Clemson. I don't know how Urban Meyer is going to fare as a co head coach, but I do like that he didn't just hire like his Ohio State, like defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator or whatever. Like he brought in NFL people to kind of help him adjust. Like Daryl Bevels won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. Um, I'm pretty sure their defensive coordinator, didn't, didn't he come from the Ravens? I want to say. So, I mean, I forget. Yeah, I, I forget too, but I, it was something like that. So, like, he brought in NFL people on his staff to help him. So, I think that will help, and he can kind of just be the the tone setter. Maybe I think that'll be good. Uh, and yeah, I think this team wins six games. And I, I like just to say something about the NFC, the AFC South. I like how I think there's some pretty clear defined like competitive windows in this division. Well, maybe not with the Colts. The Colts are kind of just kind of mediocre, but whatever. We'll get to them. But 
The Titans are very clearly, they traded a second-round pick to Julio Jones, a receiver in his 30s. That is clearly a team that is in win-now mode. They are trying to win right now. And I think wisely so. They recognize their window and they're playing to Same thing with, uh, you know, Jacksonville. Um, you know, they're kind of that next team that's coming up. And, you know, I think in 2022, uh, you know, maybe they'll compete for the division. In 2023, 2024, by then, they should be the team that's winning the division. And then you have uh, Houston that's just, you know, a few years beyond that. So I, I do think, you know, that, that kind of makes this division – it was kind of easy for me to kind of read it just because, you know, there is some pretty defined competitive nature, but that's what I see for Jacksonville. Like they'll have a, a season where they show progress this year. And I think, you know, if Trevor Lawrence is as advertised, they're going to get better fast. So where, where do you have Jacksonville? I'm, so I hate, love Urban Meyer, Ohio State fan. I hate that he has Trevor Lawrence. I, I But the thing is, I, I think they're four and thirteen. Um, I watched the preseason game; wasn't impressed. They have a lot of glaring holes on that offense and stuff. This is the reason why I don't like them, though. I'm a big Urban Meyer fan for college football. I I'm not a big fan of college coaches going to the pros. Um, Jimmy Johnson did good, and that's pretty much it. That the list stops there. I mean, at least in the modern era. I mean. Nick Saban couldn't do it. Chip Kelly couldn't do it. And they were like the best college football coaches, just like Urban Meyer. I mean, so I'm I'm very skeptical that he will be able to coach well in the NFL. Um, I know you can say Cliff Kingsbury, but is he even that good? I mean, I don't know. So um, I'm very skeptical on that. Trevor Lawrence also. I think he, he – yeah, he, he's a great prospect since Andrew Luck and stuff like that. But I, Ohio State's defense last year was not that great, and he had trouble against it. And that and, that, and that's the thing. And so the, is he at, he's not as athletic as Trey Lance or Justin Fields. He has the best arm talent, though. And so I think he'll be a pro bowler eventually. Definitely not this year. Um, but Jacksonville's – I mean, I know Jacksonville has the potential to build AFC championship quality teams. They already did that, like, not too long ago. But they traded all those good players they had. And it took them forever to even build that up. They're, Jacksonville is one of those teams where are they as bad as, like, the Lions? No, I don't think they are. They always seem to have like every five years like a good team, um, but I just uh, I don't trust Urban Meyer, and I think they go four and thirteen. Yeah, you know, you brought up some interesting points there. I don't think all college coaches are like cut from the same cloth. Like, um, you know, if if you got one that's maybe you know, there's obviously ones like Urban Meyer that don't have any NFL experience, and then there's ones like a Jim Harbaugh that uh, that that did and played in the league and coached in the league. And so that's a, a much different situation. Like I think a Jim Harbaugh, in fact, I think he would be better off in the NFL than in college. Um, he hadn't done necessarily the greatest job in the world at Michigan. I think if someone hired him in the NFL though, he's shown he could coach at a high level. In the NFL. Um, but yeah, Urban Meyer, I definitely think there's some, I tried to put a positive spin on it with saying that, Oh, he's got those the two coordinators with NFL experience. And I think that'll help them. And, um, he didn't just try to bring like his Ohio State staff with him or anything like that. Um, 
but I do I do agree that it, he is not a sure bet to work out as head coach. It's not not a certainty at all um, that he works out, and uh, you know the fact that he has a young team though will help him too. On top of you know the other things I said, like Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. Trevor Lawrence is coming from college, right? You know some of those receivers and stuff like that are young. Um, you know the, the defensive players are young. They have a young team, but in three years, when that when those young players start to get you know a little older, how's that going to go then? So I think early on it might be okay, but I don't know that it's necessarily like a long-term like solution. So it will be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, they did trade like most of those players and I think people just wanted out. Um, they didn't like Tom Coughlin. So I think like that was the case a lot of the time where they just wanted out away from him. And you know, then with their quarterback situation, like, man, if you put that defense, though, with, like, Jalen Ramsey and all those players, like, with, like, a Trevor Lawrence on offense in his prime, if you took, like, the Jaguars offense, like, three years from now and paired it up with that 2017 Jaguars defense, you'd win a Super Bowl, you know. So we'll see if they can get back to that. Um, it'll, they'll have a lot of work to do, a lot of developing young talent. But, um, yeah, I mean, so I'm a little higher on them, I guess, than, than you are, but I think we're both kind of in the same spot that they're a year or two away. Sounds about right. Yeah, okay. So let's move on then to, to Indianapolis. Um, so their over-under is nine, and this is the, the push that I was alluding to earlier. Um, th- th- this is – I have them at exactly nine, nine and eight, nine wins, and I – if you forced me to pick one, I'd probably go under. Um, but you went with a push, so I'm going to go with a push too. Um, I just, uh, I think Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz is until we see Carson Wentz actually do something and stay healthy and actually perform on the field, that has to be considered a downgrade. And they don't, their mistake too is they didn't really insulate what they had to know was a question mark in Wentz with a good backup plan. Like they've got, you know, a couple of mid round, late round guys competing for the backup job. And um, if they could have gotten like a veteran in there, that would have, uh, but they probably did that because they didn't want to, you know, mess with Wentz's confidence. So it's just a, that situation is a mess. I think they'll get worse quarterback play and the rest of the roster is just, it's good, but it's nothing like special. Like their receivers are okay, but they're not elite. Um, they lost Anthony Costanzo. That's going to hurt their offensive line, even though Eric Fisher, if he's healthy, will fill in okay for them. Um, and the rest of their line is really good. But defensively, like, they're they're good. They have some good players, but, like, are they an elite defense? Probably not. So, you know, I think they'll have a chance to be in the mix for both the, um, the seventh seed and the AFC South division title. I think they'll be in the mix for both of those, but I'm going to predict that they fall short, and they're just kind of an average team to me. I agree with the nine wins. I think that's the – I'm going with the push. I agree with you on the under as well if I had a pick. Um, they're, like I said, one of the five or six teams that I think are going to uh, going to compete for that seventh seed. But in my mind, they have a good run de- – they have a good run team. They have one of the best offensive lines if Nelson is – healthy by then 
Um, Carson Wentz, I did not like that move to get him. I understand Frank Wright, uh, Wright is uh, was his offensive coordinator back when he had that MVP season almost. Um, I understand that, but he looked like a he. You know what he looked like, and this is a UFC reference. He looked like Ronda Rousey after Ronda Rousey took that punch in the face and was never the same again. Like he looked like shell shocked all the time. Like he had a couple good games here and there, but like he just looked like a damaged person. And I think honestly, what happened was Nick Foles winning that Super Bowl really messed with his psyche. I mean, I, I really did. I really do. Uh, plus the injuries as well. I, I just, I just don't think he's good. I, I think he's like a number 20th, 20 through 25 quarterback. I think they gave up way too much for him. Um, I didn't like that, that trade, honestly. Um, now, I did hear an interesting thing that uh, Philip Rivers is staying in shape for a late season run. If I was the Colts, if he's still staying in shape, I know he's the coach of the, some high school team, I would beg him to come back. And, and do, like, a, a, a minimum contract or something like that. Or I would get Nick Foles because there's no reason why the Bears need Nick Foles as a third-string quarterback. No need. So, and I know that would probably damage Carson Wentz again, but I'd cut my losses with Carson Wentz right now. I mean, he, he's already shown he's injury-prone, and he's already gotten injured in the preseason. Not even in the preseason training camp. I'd cut my losses and just say that was a bad trade. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first of all, I probably would – I think just because of the history there, I don't think they can go with Nick Foles. I, I don't think that can work. Um, the team that should get Nick Foles to me is actually the Jets because they have no veteran backup behind Zach Wilson to speak of. And I think Foles – Flacco, don't they? No, Joe Flacco's with the Eagles. He's oh, that's right. That's right. So the Jets have no real backup quarterback options. So I think they would be wise to make something happen there. Um, I think Foles would be a good mentor for Zach Wilson potentially and, and could start if need be, um, if things don't go so hot with him. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly I think Phillip Rivers would be an upgrade over uh, over over Wentz. I, I, think, I do think Wentz kind of hit rock bottom in his last year, I don't know he, he's going to be that bad again, but he's not going to be as good as he was in 2017. I think that ship has sailed. I think you're looking at more like 2019 wins is, I think, maybe what he settles into if he can stay healthy. Um, but again, I think that's probably a downgrade of Philip Rivers. I mean, that Eagles team went nine and seven and lost in the wild card game. So, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't, you know, the Colts are, you know, they're, they're, they draft well, they have decent players, but they're kind of like a middling team right now. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't know. So we're in agreement on that. Yeah, we are. Okay. So let's move on to the Titans then. Um, their over under is nine and I am going over. I have them at 11 and six. I think they're going to be the fourth seed and win the, AFC South and be the only playoff team from this division. Uh, the book on them is, is I think, you know, they're a similar, I think they will be a similar team ultimately to what they were last year. They were the fourth seed last year. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I think their offense is going to be really good. Obviously, them losing Janu Smith and Corey Davis hurts, but, you know, they add Julio Jones, and that's going to be, you know, probably more than make up for that just because, you know, if you can replace the tight end spot internally, you know, Julio is an upgrade from from Corey Davis. You're going to have, you know, elite guys on both sides of the the field now. And um, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, I think, will have a really good season, uh, potentially a career best season. Derrick Henry is going to have more, you know, good running room. And I know they drafted a, I think they drafted a tackle in the second round. Um, so that was a need for them. So they upgraded their line of better blocking. And defensively, I don't know that they're going to be that good, but they've thrown some darts at the wall. They signed Bud Dupree. Um, I know he's had some injury problems. You know more about them than, than I would, but um, he's had some injury problems with, with Steelers and before he left. But um you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, he'll help their pass rush, which is a major weakness. Um, they drafted Caleb Barley. He was kind of a, you know, high risk, high reward kind of prospect medically. If he is able to play, then he is kind of in that, he was kind of in that uh, JC Horn, uh, Patrick Sertan tier in the draft. There's just a lot of questions about his medical. Um, so, like, if he's able to stay on the field, he could be a real, presence for them which they need they need corner help and if he's able to you know a lot of the defense rides on that you know if they have some of those things go right on their defense like that they could be better than than what i'm saying but uh just for now i'm gonna have them at at 11 oh i also think mike grable is a really good head coach so that helps head on 11 six um especially now the afc uh afc south is not good Really? I mean, uh, so there's four easy wins in that division, plus they at least at worst split with Indianapolis, so that's five wins right there. Um, so I do think 11-6 and six is is going to be what they are. Um, I am not that high on the Julio Jones trade as a lot of people are. I think he definitely makes them better, but He's injury prone. I think he's he hasn't been the same Julio. That he for some reason he doesn't get that many touchdowns. I don't understand it. Um, but Derrick Henry though and Ryan Tannehill that they they complement each other so well. I mean they really do. Um, so I, I like I I now with the Bud Dupree. It took him a while. It took him till TJ Watt to get good, and that tells me that it was more of TJ Watt being influenced than him actually being good by himself. I think maybe I think he's really like a five or six sack uh, person a year, which there's nothing wrong with that, but he's not that like double digit sack guy. I mean, now that there's 17 games, maybe he'll get like seven sacks, but. He needs a he's a, like he's a good Robin to a Batman, um, but he can't do it by himself. So I'm not I don't think their defense got really really any better with that trade. Um, and I I like Bud Dupree, but I don't think he's that good. And so I think just like every year, it's going to be on Derrick Henry and uh, Tannehill and AJ Brown. They have a hell of a a, a, a quad though quadruple 
a quadruplet. They really do. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hear anything there that I, I really disagree with that much. So um, let's just let's just move on to our final division then. So we have the um, let's see, we have the AFC West. Okay, so this should be. It should be interesting. Um, I definitely understand what you were saying earlier, whereas like this was the best division in the in, in, in the um in, in the conference because I don't think there's a team here that's going to be like awful, and you do have a couple of good teams at the top. So, uh, I think the um, the thing about this division is, do I think top to bottom it's the best? Um, I, I when I when I say I think it's the best defense. I mean, I mean, uh, division, or it could be, is because I don't think there's a six and eleven team, but I think the I top three teams, the AFC North, is more top heavy than this division. Um, that's true. I think the AFC East is more top heavy. Right, the- right, and and, and that, that's why I meant by like I think the the worst team in this division is eight and nine. Oh, so we're gonna yeah. get into a disagreement right off the top. Right. Um, so, uh, first one here, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. They're over under is seven, and I'm going under. I have them at six and 11. I just don't understand what this team is doing. Um, they had a really good offensive line, and they ripped it apart and traded players away uh, for reasons unknown. And then they had to spend their, you know, first round pick. And on a reach, you know, they reached on off on that Leatherwood guy just to kind of like backfill that. And it just doesn't seem like this team is moving in a positive direction. Like, you know, when they when they fill one hole, they create another when they do one thing good. You know, they they, when they take one step forward, they take another step back. Like, yeah, there's some pieces here. Derek Carr is is a good NFL quarterback. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. They've got skill, some skill position talent on offense, but their line, which has been so good for, for a while, is going to take a step back. And then on defense, they have been bad for years. And they've never really been able to figure out that side of the ball under John Gruden. I, I, think, I don't think John Gruden is necessarily a bad coach. Like offensively, I think he can coach. But the problem is him having all that say in personnel, I don't think is, is, is a positive for them. Um, because they just haven't been able to get it right on defense. And now they're changing defensive coordinators. We'll see how that goes. But I think this defense is going to be at least bottom 10 in the league, if not bottom five. And I, uh, yeah, I, I just, and again, this is, this is a good division. And I think this is the worst team in this division. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go six and 11. I agree with you that this is the worst team in the division. I think they, their ceiling is nine and eight. Their bottom and their four is what you said, six and eleven. I think they're eight and nine, so I'm going to go over. No, no, okay. And so, and this is what, yeah. So the, I, we're we're not too far apart. I just think they have the talent. I know they don't have Aguilar anymore, but they have. Well, they got still- they got Jim Brown, so I'm not really necessarily as worried about like their receivers. And they have right. Henry. So and, and they got and they got a uh, they got Waller. Um, they have. Uh, um, what's his face? Jo- uh, Jacobs as well. I th- I think they have pieces there to be eight and nine. I think this is a team. 
I agree with you. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't think this is a dumpster fire as like say the Jets or the Bengals, stuff like that. And so I, I think they're always going to be that like they're basically a seven and nine team. This is a sixteen uh, game, uh, sixteen uh, schedule game schedule. So I'm going to give them eight and nine. Um, I agree with you. I think Gruden is. He's an okay coach. I don't think he's the best. I think honestly, what what's happening now is is that he's got too much power, and it's kind of like the uh, uh, O'Brien with uh, Houston at this point. I, I, I don't never, think it's that bad yet, but no. But I think I think it's like I think it's getting there. I mean, yeah, but Bill O'Brien built a Houston playoff team. Like, yeah, when Bill O'Brien coached, they were good. I think Bill O'Brien could get hired, uh, you know, tomorrow as an NFL head coach and be better than some head coaches. I think his, you know, shortcomings as a coach were wildly overstated. Um, was he a great coach? No, but he could clearly coach and he knew what he was doing. He came for the Patriots um, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, certainly giving a guy like that personnel power is just really not going to be a good idea. Um, there's not very many coaches that should have personnel power. Um, Belichick is the rare one that can. I'm not even sure if there's a second guy in the league right now that should. Yeah, but Bel- Belichick might have say, but he he's he's not a coach and GM. Oh yes, he is. I I don't I don't I don't believe he is. I don't, I don't no, think. He is. Well, so Belichick Belichick doesn't handle like the day to day front office work, but like there's no question in the Patriots building who has the final say. I mean, he didn't start out like that, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, he. I just don't think Gruden has the pedigree to say, "Hey, be both." Um. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, and um, the Raiders were very good. Were pretty a, a pretty damn good team in his tenure back in the day, but. I mean, none of that screams that he should be both. So I don't know, but I, I think I think they're an eight nine team. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree on, on Gruden having too much personnel power. That that's obvious. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, we'll so we'll see on this one. It, uh, you know, are we ready to move on? You think it's the third? I I think I know where you're going, but yeah, so. Um, well, and I have to ask you this because the team we're about to get into, it sounds like you did an about face on them because you were telling me the other day that they were uh, one of the five worst teams in football. And now you're telling me that no one in this division is going to be worse than eight and nine. So I'm going to need to hear your explanation on, in fact, you, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and go first on, on the Denver Broncos. Their over-under is eight and a half. So you said earlier to me that this team is one of the five worst teams in football, and now you're saying that they're going to yeah. win this team. I, I did an about face after that preseason game, and here's the reason why, uh, in a nutshell. Locke looked pretty damn good. They're all, their weapons looked way better. Um, their defense is a top 10 solid defense. Um, I, I think Locke... Like, okay, so the ceiling for them is... I think ten and seven, the, but the floor could be as bad as six and eleven or seven and ten. 
Like, this is a team where it's the greatest disparity. Like, it could be a great season at 10-7. It could be a bad at 6-11. and um, I am going to say they're 9-8. and eight. Uh, And part of the reason is because of their defense. Their offensive weapons, if they stay healthy, are really good. They have a good run team, a run game on paper. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing an about face from five worst teams in football because of that. Um, they they dismantled the Vikings. and I know it's preseason, but I think Drew Locke is actually trying this year because he knows Bridgewater is right there. So I'm going to say they're 9-8. and eight. Um, And like you said, if, if Locke gets injured, Bridgewater – is there? I don't. I'm not high on Bridgewater, but he's got to be one of the best backups. I mean, so oh, yeah. I, I'm going to say nine eight. Um, I, I even though they have to go against, I think they split with the Chargers and get swept by the the Chiefs, and then they split with the Raiders as well. So I think they end up being like what? What is that? Like two and four in the division, but like that. I, I don't. I don't think they're. Who's the AFC West playing? Do you know? Uh, they play the AFC North. I don't know what NFC division. Hmm. So we'll see. Maybe that's. Maybe I'm too high on this division if they're playing the North. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that might be. I might be a little too high on this division. If I, I don't know if they go nine eight anymore. I might have to change my Raiders pick to seven and not uh, seven and ten, and the Broncos to eight and nine. I think that's more reasonable. There we go. So you're moving in my direction. Okay. Yeah, I'm moving them in your direction. Yeah, because I, I I forgot they're playing the North. Like that's that's probably yeah that that's going to be tough on them. So I'm going to say they're eight and nine now. So you're going under then. I'm, which... going, I'm going under. Okay, so I actually have the exact same record then as you. I, I had the Broncos at eight and nine. I, I had them just under. And this is really, I mean, looking at their roster, um, man, their roster is really good. It, you know, it's really good defense. They're deep in the secondary. They've got pass rushers. They can stop the run. They're really good on that side of the ball. They're well-coached. Fangio is known for being a really good defensive coach. Like, they've got that side of the ball locked down. Again, they're going to be in that top five, top ten range on defense. Um, you know, but – Offense, it's really going to come down to one thing, and that's quarterback play. Because they've got this, you know, an okay offensive line. They've got, you know, they're really deep in the skill positions. They're like wide receiver and, and tight end. They've got a lot of high draft picks there. Um, they just drafted uh, Javante Williams to pair with Melvin Gordon. Back. They've, got, they've got everything on their roster covered, I feel like, if they get the quarterback play. And that's going to be the question. And I have them an eight and nine because I I am not gonna buy into Drew Lock quite yet. I think Drew Lock has a chance. Um, but that is kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater, like, okay, I know what I'm getting. He's gonna be, you know, the twenty second best quarterback in football if he plays, like, you know, he'll be competent and they'll win eight games. If Drew Locke actually starts and is really good, like you're saying then there's no reason why this team can't be way better than people think. Like I'm talking like 
if Drew Locke actually steps up this year, they could win 11 games. There's no reason why they can't. They have everything else. In fact, I think this team is the front runner next year to get Aaron Rodgers if he leaves the Packers. And if this team gets Aaron Rodgers, oh, man, the Chiefs are in trouble. The Chiefs are in trouble. This team is going to beat the Chiefs for the division. Here's the, here's the thing with Drew Locke. I think his ceiling as a quarterback is Andy Dalton, like 15, which would be fine for this team. Um, I think with the Andy Dalton-esque line quarterback, they, this team goes to the playoffs, and they can make it to the second round of the playoffs. Um, I just think if you're going through the AFC North, with like there's three really solid defenses there. Um, and, and then God knows who they're playing on the NFC. So if they're playing like the NFC South this year, besides Tampa Bay, I mean, yeah, you guys. South, but I know for a fact it's not the NFC South. If it's the NFC North, no, that's us. So yeah, so it's to, either the East or the West, and that is two very different <laughs> situations. If it's the West, then uh, I'm, I'm way off on this division. I mean, if it's the West, they can – they're gonna they're gonna get swept by. I mean, I'm not saying the Broncos get swept, um, but the Raiders would. So I I might be way totally off on this division, um, if, if that's the case. But I I don't think their ceiling's 11 wins. I think their ceiling is 10, and that's assuming Drew Locke has the best year of his career. Um, I think eight and nine with them playing the AFC North is pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on the 8-9 for sure. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I went under, but, you know, I don't really feel good about it because there's upside here. Um, like I said, if they get Aaron Rodgers next year, this is going to be a problem. This team is going to be a problem. So that is one to watch. Um, and they better they better have an idea, I think, that they're getting Aaron Rodgers because – other than that, if they don't, if they aren't getting him, passing on Justin Fields with their pick makes no sense. Justin Fields would have been great for this team, so um, we'll see. We'll, that'll be that'll be one to track. You know, we'll see how things play out. But let's move on to the Chargers. Um, so their over under is nine and side track, but they're playing the NFC East this year. Oh, they are. Oh, so that's okay. So that's easy then. So the uh, that fits then the, the worst division in the AFC is then playing the best division in the um, NFC. So that that's another reason to doubt the uh, AFC South, but uh, and another reason to believe in the NFC West. But uh, anyways, um, good 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 catch, Raleigh. Um, that definitely clears that up. So we have the Chargers. They are at nine and a half. I am going over, not by a ton. But I have this team at ten and seven. I think they squeak in and win the battle to be the number seven seed. Um, obviously, they they had they did do some stuff that I don't really understand. Like I feel like they could have they they had this cap space to afford to keep Hunter Henry and they didn't. So I think that was a mistake. Um, but I do like that they uh, they got Corey Lindsley and drafted Rashawn Slater to their huge offensive line upgrades like. Their line has struggled for a while, and that's a really big emphasis for them, understandably so, with Justin Herbert there. And, and Herbert, I think, is, is a really impressive 
young quarterback. I think there's a good chance he goes down as the best quarterback from last year's draft. And I think he's ready to take kind of take a step toward, uh, you know, and getting some playoff experience this year. And, you know, defensively, I, I think, you know, they added Brandon Staley as their coach and he has a really good track record on that side of the ball. They have some players over there. Um, again, I really like their second round pick. I thought Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round where they got him was a bit of a steal. Um, and he plays corner, which is a, a, a premium position. So, uh, and obviously, you know, guys like Joey Bosa, Derwin James, they've got talent over there. So I, I like this team. Um, they could even be better than what I'm saying. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm going to say 10 and 7, and they uh, they get the seventh seed. And, and first of many playoff appearances probably for Justin Herbert. So what do you think about the Chargers? Raleigh? I was muted. Um, so, for the Chargers, I agree at 10-7. I, looking through, they have Derwin James coming back. They have Joey Boza, if they're both healthy. I think their defense could be a top 10. I think they're, 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 they definitely could be a top 10 defense. Justin Herbert is just going to get better, I think. Um they have uh, Keenan Allen's one of the best receivers in the league, so they they do have they do have pieces around him, and so I think ten seven is is good. I think they 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 squeak into the playoffs. Okay, so we're basically in perfect agreement on that one, and now we wrap up with I think a, the appropriate team to wrap up with in this exercise. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, we'll talk about them. They're obviously, you know, they obviously have won the AFC for the last two seasons. Uh, won one Super Bowl, lost one Super Bowl. Um, they're trying to get back there. Their over-under is the highest of any team in the league. Their, their over-under is 12 and a half, and I think they will go over. Um, I have them at 14 and three. I have them with the best record in the AFC, getting home field advantage again. I do think there's some warning signs with this team. Um, like, like one thing I kind of you know hinted at this earlier is who was their third option in the passing game after uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? McCole Hardman? Byron Pringle? I mean, so you're really kind of – they lost Sammy Watkins who was supposed I'd to I'd say be. it's Hardman. I'd say it's Hardman. Yeah, so, our, you know – I'm just saying, like, their their depth of chart of pass catchers is, like, not that deep. Um, in fact, I, I think given how you're building around, around Mahomes and you're going to be spending the next X amount of years building around this, you know, game-changing quarterback talent, like, I probably would have drafted a receiver somewhere in the draft, and, you know, maybe earlier than they did. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. And – I know they, they, they did upgrade their offensive line after it got shredded in the Super Bowl. Um, so that, that, that's a positive, but um, I just feel like it could shift potentially to like they fix the line, but you know, now they have a question mark at, you know, the receiver spot. And, and I know the coverage will be favorable for those guys because Kelsey and uh, Hill are going to attract it. And I know Mahomes can extend plays all over the place. I know they're going to be really good, but I'm just saying at the deeper stages of the playoffs, 
you know, especially if they cannot afford to lose Kelsey or Hill at all. They, they can't get injured. And at the deeper stages of the playoffs, does that, you know, hurt hurt them at all? I remember when in, in 2000, and, you know, obviously going back to like 2007 when the Patriots had like Randy Moss and Wes Welker and like all those receivers, right? They were so good on offense. But they had depth beyond those guys too. Dante Stallworth, Javar Gaffney, Ben Watson. Um, they had a lot of guys like beyond um, beyond Moss and Walker. Then things, you know, fast forward to 2009 and their offense is basically Moss and Welker. And then it becomes easy for the defense to stop. You know, they, they come up with a scheme to stop those two players. And then it's like, well, okay, this guy's single covered, but is this guy who you really want to be talking to? Um, I don't know. So I, I, I think, I don't think it's going to get that bad for this team. Obviously they're not going to go 10 and six like that, that team did, but, and that's another problem too, but it's like, I think that could be a real weakness for them that shows up and prevents them from winning a Super Bowl. Um, I also don't think their defense is any kind of elite. Like, it's not bad, but it's not, like, elite. And I also don't necessarily like the way this team is building. Like, the Patriots were good for so long because they they didn't really – they had this elite quarterback, right? And they, they didn't really, you know, leverage things too much and – you know, they, they kept, they were financially responsible. They let players go when they needed to. And I just see the Chiefs, like, constantly restructuring. Like, like you just signed Mahomes to an extension and you're already restructuring his contract to create cap space to, to make a push to win now. Like, when you've got this guy for that you're going to have for the next 15 years, I don't necessarily know that that's smart. So, again, I want, I really want to be able to identify a team in the AFC that can beat this team because I think they're beatable. I don't think the Chiefs are this unbeatable juggernaut. I think they're the best team, but they're not unbeatable. And I really want to identify a team that can beat them. I just haven't settled on that team yet that's going to do it. Like I said, the Browns, I think, have the best chance, but I can't quite go there with that. So I'm going to say the Chiefs are the front runners to win the AFC again, but um, – I don't think this is a flawless team. So what do you think about, about this? The 13-4. And I'm pulling up their schedule right now, and it's, it's very, very brutal. So here's their schedule. They go Cleveland, then at Baltimore, then Chargers. Eagles is easy, but then the Bills, then at Washington, at Tennessee. That's a brutal start to the schedule. It really is. So I, I don't think they go there unscathed, out of that unscathed. Um, I think they lose two games in that that front because that, that is seven games and only one of them is really easy. I mean, Redskins – I mean, not Redskins. Washington has top five defense. Cleveland might have a top five defense this year. Baltimore's going to have a top 10. You go up against the Chargers. Then you go against Buffalo, who's the two seed in your bracket. I have a Buffalo I have Buffalo third, Cleveland two. So either way, uh, they play right. two of the, the Yeah, exactly. And then also Tennessee. They played three division winners, according to you, in their, front, so in their first me, seven games. No, so according to me, they play in, in those first seven games, they play the second, third, fourth, and fifth seeded 
and seventh seeded teams in the uh, in the AFC. They don't play the Patriots this year. Thank God we don't have to play them this year. But uh, yeah, they play they play the Steelers instead. But I mean that that's a that's a brut- that's one of the most brutal stretches in in the beginning I've ever seen. I honestly can't believe the only reason why they aren't the 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 hardest schedule is because they play the NFC East. So I'm assuming that, you know, later in the season, obviously you have an Eagles game in there and I don't think they're very good, but, um, and then you have, they'll get Dallas and the Giants. Like there's teams later in the season that they're going to be like, they didn't have Oakland or, or Denver in in that mix either. So yeah, but here, here's the thing right after that, they have the Giants, but then they go against green Bay after that. So the, the front nine is really bad. I mean, that's a really oh, tough. Oh, so Green Bay is their extra game. Yeah. So I mean, oh this is the, this is their their first nine games: Cleveland at Baltimore, Chargers at Eagles, Buffalo at Washington, at Tennessee, Giants, Green Bay. That is a brutal schedule. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I'm not even gonna lie. After you read that, I may, I may dock a win off of their total and give it to the Jets and have the Jets go three and fourteen, and then have the uh, Chiefs uh, four, you know, thirteen and four. I'm gonna make that change. Wait, why do you say the Jets are gonna go three and four? What makes you say that? Because it's it's like it's like you have to have you go through the whole league, right? And you have yeah. to have it has to balance out the five hundred right, on my right. thing. So, like, if I'm going to take a win away from the Chiefs, then I have to give one to somebody else, right? Right, and that's true. I, I think I had the Jets probably, you know, a little bit too low. I, I think 2-15 and 15 might be a little harsh. So, I'm going to yeah, give that, them. I mean, they're back. Not, it's not, I mean, they're back. Eight's not bad because they go Raiders, um, Dallas, Denver, Raiders, Chargers, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Denver. That's not too, too bad. But – that front nine is the toughest front nine I've ever seen. It really is. I I honestly cannot believe that we have a stronger strength of schedule than they do. Yeah, I mean, I our, mean, our schedule is not that front heavy, top heavy like theirs is. Well, and and, and if you look at just strength of schedule percentages and things like that, right? It's it's like right. it's going off of last year's, um, you know, win totals, which like you can agree with or you can disagree with. I don't necessarily know that that's going to be like carry over entirely into this. Right. Like, again, people think you would sit, see that. And, and I know you were lower on them than I am, but like you, you count the Patriots as a seven and nine team. And then here I am saying, well, I think they're going to go 12 and five. Or if right, right, Chargers, right, right. Like they, they have to go against Chargers. I mean, we, we both think like, the Chargers 10 seven. I mean, I understand that. But yeah. Even even if you take the Chargers at last year's face value and the Giants, they're going against pretty much all the AFC playoff teams. I mean, and oh yeah, against so, Green no, and I don't think much question on that. I mean, I don't think yeah, you know, I you know, you you look at again, you can poke holes and maybe I've, I've got the records too inflated or whatever, but like if, if I tell you that like the top seeds in the AFC are, are Chiefs, Browns, you know, Bills, Titans, Ravens, Patriots. Like, I don't think anyone is going to, like, look at me funny. Like, no. So they're playing no. most of those teams in that stretch. But they have the top five pretty much AFC teams in the in the first nine games. 
yeah, I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be rough. And and I mean let, let's remember too, like in in twenty, you know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they were not the number one team in the AFC. It was the Ravens. Right. So like this is not like you know the Chiefs have been the number one seed two of the last three years. Eight times they were the number one seed. Mahomes lost to Tom Brady. Um, but so it's not a given that you know that the Chiefs are going to get. I'm going to leave them as the number one seed off of the tiebreaker just because that schedule right. is so freaking hard that like I'm just going to assume that right. it's harder. I, I think honestly, I think the ceiling for this team is uh, 14 and three. I agree. And I think the floor for this team is probably 11 and 6. And that's if, like, something goes wrong injury-wise. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say – yeah, I'm going to say if – yeah, I mean, obviously if Mahomes gets hurt, everything's up in the air. But Right, um, right. I mean, even if Mahomes get hurt, I, they have, like, Kenny as their backup, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose more. If Mahomes is healthy, they'll see. I, I don't see yeah. a way they lose more than five games. Um, I think they could again because we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Right. I don't. Who's the best quarterback in the AFC? I don't think it's impossible to say that the Chiefs go say fifteen and two. I don't think that's out of the question. I, I think with this schedule, it is. I think. It's, I don't think it's out of the question. I'm not going to predict it. I, I like I said. I'm. You know, I you sold me. I, I was going right. to go with them at fourteen and three. And, and here, think that I think they clinch the playoff spot by the time they play Cincinnati and Denver, and I think they lose one of those games because it's at Denver their last game. That could be. Yeah. So I don't think that they're gonna a division rival. They're not gonna play for for real by then. I don't think. No, you know what? I actually I disagree with you. At least you know according to, to my thing. Because if I'm gonna like my standings now, like you've got five teams in the conference that right. are 12 and 13 win range. So they're going to be in a scrum to like. If my thing is right, then they would have to win that game against Denver to get home field advantage and the bye. We'll get one bye now, so that would actually be right. like. Incredibly important game for them. From a I, I just, I just can't believe this front nine. That, that's the toughest front nine schedule I think I've ever, I've ever seen. It's awful. And and, that, and again, what's going to be fascinating is at the end of the season, you know, you're going to have your playoff bracket, and then to just go through every team and identify the 17th game that was added, and then take it out. And then see what, where the standings would be. See who really got hurt by that 17th game. It will, it's going to be a fascinating exercise. And the Chiefs have a harder one than almost anyone. I don't know who's got a, I don't know who's got the the misfortune of having to play Tampa. But man, I would not want to play the Packers. That we have Dallas, which is, uh, you know, I'm excited about that one. Um, I'm excited to, to, to draw them in that scenario. Very excited. But. Uh, Let's go to our playoff uh, predictions. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I think one seeds Kansas City. I think two seeds Buffalo. Three seed, I'm saying Cleveland. Four seed Tennessee. Five seed Baltimore. Six seed the Patriots. I'm going to seven seed the Chargers. Oh my God. Are we? Are we? Is that the exact same? going to be the playoff bracket because you and I are pretty much in lockstep agreement on on how this is going to go. Really? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, with a, with like a minor tweak, right? Like, so I have, I think our second and third seeds are flipped, but I have the Chiefs as the one seed, I have the Browns as the two seed, I have the Bills as the three seed, I have the Titans fourth, I have the Ravens fifth, I have the Patriots sixth, and I have the Chargers seventh. So we have the exact Thanks. just with the second and third seed flipped. So and and again. Right. I'm, I have them as the same record, so you can contort it however you want. It's just uh, yeah, I, I have I have the second and third as same record, I believe. No, I had I had Cleveland as twelve and five, I believe. So no, I don't. But um, I think Patriots have the tiebreaker over the Chargers because Chargers have to play the, the Kansas City Chiefs. But um, I, I think you have like five teams vying for that seventh seed and it comes down to the wire at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I So, yeah. I, and for me, it's, you know, it's like, I, I think the, yeah, I mean, I think that the top six teams are all going to be really good. Um, and then I agree with you that it's going to be some teams kind of in that scrum at the end. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily five, I, but, for me, it's more of, uh, you know, Indy. Indy will be in the mix late, you know, somewhat late for the division and then definitely to the last week for the seventh seed. The Dolphins will be in the mix for the seventh seed. Um, and I think the Chargers will end up winning it. And, you know, then like three weeks out, you know, Denver will still be alive and um, and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, so um, – and then one last question I want to ask you uh, – before, before wrap-up thoughts. Um, if you can go through all your picks and you can, quote-unquote, lock one over and one under, just as, like, your guarantee that you feel really good about that pick, which one would you do? I'll go first because uh, I know I'm springing this on you and so you have a little bit of time to think about it. For my lock for the over, um, cue the eye rolls from the audience. I'm going to have the Patriots as my lock for the over. And... Um, just because, again, I don't see a way they finish under under 10 wins with all the talent they've added. I just don't see a way that happens. And then for my underlock, I'm going to go with uh, Houston because it just seems like a pretty uh, safe bet that that team is going to be a disaster and have less than four wins. So, um, Raleigh, uh, do, you have, do you have an answer on that? So, without the obvious Chiefs, I'm going to say a lock over. I, I think it's going to be – I'm gonna say, well, this is gonna be, this is gonna be an interesting lock here, but you said the Chargers were eight games, right? So the Chargers are at nine and a half for the. Overall. Ooh, okay, so that that changes a little bit. Um, let me let me uh, bring up the, the list so far. I'm gonna say a lock to be over is. I think the Cleveland Browns are a lot to be over this year at ten and a half. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. That's yeah, a good one I think too. the Browns are going to be a lock, and I'm going to say a lock to be under would probably be Jacksonville. Six and a half. Okay, six and a half is way too high for the Jaguars. Okay, yeah. so there you have it. And any wrap up thoughts on 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 the AFC? Oh, I guess so. So, who do you think if you have to? pinpoint one team right now who do you think is going to win the AFC do you pick the Chiefs still or do you pick somebody else 
who's going to be representing this conference in the Super Bowl in uh, February? Um, I mean, I, I think the the biggest challenger to the Chiefs on paper is the Browns, but in actuality is the Bills, if that makes any sense. And yeah, I see what you're saying. And and the, the reason why I'm saying that is because Browns have the best probably roster on paper and probably the entire – it's probably them in Tampa, honestly, um, as the one and two, whichever one you want to see flip-flop. But I, I, I would make the argument that the Browns have the deepest roster in the NFL, um, especially with Odell Beckham and uh, Jarvis Landry. Um, so – I think, though, that Josh Allen and the Bills have the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs and the defense to get the stops that they need. So, if I had a pick, I'd still pick the Chiefs. But I think the Bills are the team that could do it this year, even though they lost last year. Yeah, so that, that 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 that's all very fair. I would still go with uh, I, I still pick the I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Um, and and for me, it would be the Browns that would be the uh, the top challenger. Um, I know Mahomes got injured in that game, so it's kind of hard to tell. But like, I that game was cool. But they, I feel like the Browns played the Chiefs better than the Bills did, and I just think the Browns have a better team. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna say the that's Bills the- Browns. Bills Browns, you know, it's like a division game or something. That's going to be a heck of a game if, if that were to, if that were to end up happening. Um, right. I, I just, I, I think the, I think what the Browns are missing, um, the, the Browns aren't missing much, but I, I'm not, I'm not slow on Baker Mayfield 100. I really am not. Um, I, I think he's going, he's a solid. I think he's a borderline top 10 quarterback, like at like 12 probably. But Josh Allen, if he if he does as good as he did last year, that's the difference to me. Yeah, and, and again, cue the eye rolls again, but whatever. The Patriots would be are an interesting dark horse in that in just a one game scenario because Belichick has done well against Mahomes. Has and he though? Has he? I mean, he Mahomes still scored like forty points against you guys. Well, he came up with – so Belichick hasn't been able to slow down Mahomes for, like, the entire game, but he has had – there have been quarters, like, they didn't score, like, for the whole first half just about of the AFC title game in 2018. Um, the game last year – again, we lost that game because Brian Hoyer was our quarterback, not because of anything we did on defense. I mean, our defense locked them down for, you know, two and a half quarters. Um, and, and just Belichick's had a history of, of this, you know, just – Obviously, the, the 2001 Super Bowl is a famous one where we're just kind of this little engine that could team and um, the Rams are this historic high-powered offense and and we knocked them off because Belichick had a brilliant game plan and it was executed flawlessly. So would I pick the Patriots to beat the Chiefs? I would not. But if you're looking for a dark horse you know, possibility in a one-game scenario to do it, I don't think you know betting on a Bill Belichick game plan is necessarily a bad idea. And then obviously you're you're betting on, you know, the Patriots to really be able to run the ball consistently and, you know, keep them off the field too. So, but I don't think, you know, I'd probably feel better about the Patriots 
against the uh, Chiefs than like the Ravens and the Titans. And, and that's not even to say that the Patriots are a better team than those two teams, right. but just from a matchup standpoint, I would I would right. say that. But and my whole thing is with the Browns is they have the secret formula they run the ball down your throat. So that oh, takes yeah. time away. Home they have field. the formula to do it. Yeah, you have to keep them on the field. So I'm going to phrase this, and this will be the last thing, unless you have anything else to bring it off, because we've been going for a while. So I asked you, you know, just flat out whether you think the Chiefs are going to, you know, go back. And, and we both think that they're going to – eventually the streak is going to break because this isn't the NBA. This is football. But um, and I don't think they're the Chiefs are as well run as the Patriots, you know, dynastic team. Um, but for now, I, I agree they're going to the Chiefs will probably win the AFC. But if you look at it versus the Chiefs or the field, what would you take? I mean, uh, on on probability. Yeah. So you have the Chiefs on one side, you have everybody else on the other. Where are you going? I'm going Chiefs if I had a bet. Okay, I'm going field. The only reason why I'm saying Chiefs is because, one, Mahomes, yeah, has he gotten injured? Yeah, but he's still got it even when he's injured? Yes. And the only way I think this team, as constructed, doesn't be able to beat the field is if both Kelsey and Hill go down assuming that Mahomes I, I Mahomes hasn't had that injury yet knock on wood healthy the only way that they lose is if Kelsey and Hill go down because they've had See, I think one of them getting hurt would really cripple the Chiefs offense I don't think so I don't think so with Mahomes because you have to think also they have good running backs that can uh, catch out, out of the backfield too I mean, I don't, I don't think if one of them goes down, they're done. Um, well, they're not done, but I would probably not pick them at that point. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I would necessarily, but with Patrick Mahomes, I still think they have enough firepower to still score like 28 points a game, even without, even without one of their big ones. Yeah, I mean, look, all that is fair. And, like, again, I agree that the Chiefs are are, are the best team and they're probably going to win it. It's just I have a hunch that this team is going to be beatable this year. And I, I don't know who the team is going to be. Like I said, I think the Browns have the best chance. But if, if you give – if you tell me I have – if you tell me I have the Browns and, you know, and their ability to run the ball and just the really good roster that they have and then the Bills – you know, who I'm a little less confident in than you are, but still have, you know, Josh Allen, who if anyone's going to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes just on arm talent, it's going to be Josh Allen probably. Um, then you have, you know, the Patriots and the brains on the sideline and and, and, all, and, all, and their ability to play defense and all that. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if there's, you know, two corners I feel better going up against the Chiefs receivers and, and Gilmore and, and J.C. Jackson. Especially with that game plan behind them, and, you know, even the Ravens, you know, I feel less good about maybe in this scenario because they've lost to the Chiefs a bunch of times already. But you know, they can run the ball well. Titans can run the ball well, so I'd take the field. I would. You know, the the, the odds of each of those teams beating the Chiefs, I wouldn't favor. But if you if you put them all together, I think I would rather have that side 
I, I understand what you're saying. If if I thought that Mahomes was injury prone, I'd, I'd agree with you. Because um, that's honestly what we're talking about is when you do probabilities, it's about how can they get through that schedule. On oh, I'm talking about Mahomes is healthy. Right. Right. So, and and that, like I said, I mean, last year he got injured, but I mean, I, I just this is this is a very deep conference. It's NFC. I don't think is as deep, um, but most conferences have a similar. There's two. There's one drug or not in each conference. Yeah, I mean, the, the theme of the season is going to be, I think, in both conferences. So you have these two teams in, in the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay that were just in the Super Bowl, are the favorites to get back there. And the theme of the season is going to be, I think, in both conferences, is there any team, and we'll get to the NFC in a future podcast, we cover the AFC teams today, you know, is there any team in those mixes that can challenge because the, uh, statistically speaking like it's very unlikely based on history that we're going to get the same Super Bowl again. It's, it's likely based on history that one of these teams you know is gonna is gonna lose before then but you look at these teams and they're, they're it's very understandable why they would be the favorites so that kind of conflict is going to make the season a very interesting one to watch so we're going to talk on this in a future podcast um but I think the team to watch on the NFC side be the 49ers. I agree. Yeah, because if that defense comes back as good as they were before, that's the type of team that would beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – I think whoever um, – so, again, not, not being a spoiler, I think just because this division is so good – I don't think the NFC West is going to spit out of the top two seed, but I think like the two teams, the two or three teams that are most likely to challenge Tampa are going to come from that division. It is just such a good division that I think they're just going to all beat up on each other and, you know, but we'll get to that. Um, so, I, have a, I have a special, I have a special historic predict. I, I, I predict that history will be made in the, in the NFC West. Um, and that'll be a great teaser for the next podcast. All right, I, I know what you're talking about with the history. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you. A, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll text it to you. After yeah, you and I know what you're gonna say. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll All right. Well, man. thanks for coming on, Raleigh, and 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 we'll talk soon and, and record the, you know, next episode soon. We have a couple more plans. So. All right. Have a good one, man. You too. All right. See ya.